The worlds of Japan and Italy have come together a lot over the years to produce a litany of things and people. 2018 Asian Le Mans GT champion Kei Cozzolino, artistic director of fashion label Diesel and Lady Gaga collaborator Nicola Formacetti, unfairly pretty sisters and models Angelica, Jessica and Karen Michibata, Miso Pizza, roasted green tea gelato, Mario, and one very particular professional wrestler known anonymously as Julia. Born in London, England to an Italian father and a Japanese mother and then raised in Japan, the very international professional wrestler Julia was brought onto this world on the 21st of February 1994. She would train and make her debut with the Warabi-based promotion Ice Ribbon in 2017 and the preceding four years would appear for Freedoms, Seedling, Pure J, Wave, Big Japan Pro Wrestling, Stardom, where she currently applies her trade, and something of a rarity for female performers not called Peter, New Japan Pro Wrestling. My name is non-anonymously known as Stephen Hook, and this is the Lifetime Booking Podcast, and this is the brand new season of That There Podcast. For this season, I'll be looking at the career journey of Stardom's Julia from her debut in 2017 to the year of our Lord 2021. And as the famous prophet Seamus once said, Let's go do a bit. So, 2017, there's not a great deal known, but there isn't or isn't known about Julia's life before professional wrestling. No one knows what her real name is, but somehow we know where she was born, um, when, her parents, and that she previously worked as a manager in an Italian restaurant as well as a cabaret club. Um, which is weird information to be able to find on the internet. She was trained by Mio Shirai, the sister of Io Shirai, former NXT Women's Champion, over at the Ice Ribbon Dojo. And I say a lot of this information isn't available. It probably is. But because Julia made her career in Japan with Japanese promotions, or speak Japanese, there's a good chance all this information that I would have included is out there. I just can't read Japanese um, and any interview that she would have given would have be likely been in Japanese anything she said to the press or anything that's been given to the press would likely be in Japanese so we're just going to make do with what we got okay so it is 2017 we are in October it is the debut of Julia the 29th of October 2017 she teamed with Takako Inoue side note I I may have mentioned I don't speak Japanese um, so I'm going to get a lot of names really wrong. And I apologize for that, but I can only do certain things because I'm white and British and therefore the rules don't apply to me. I watch the news. That's how this works. Julia teamed with Takako Inoue in a losing effort to Neo Date and Totoro Satsuki at a ice cream show, like I said, 29th of October 2017. Um... Already, like, I don't know if this is, like, a common thing for Ice Ribbon. I still, you know, a fleeting knowledge of them. They do like their tag team wrestling. But then a lot of Japanese promotions do. Um, her tag team partner, Inoue, is a former big player and tag team specialist for All Japan Women's Pro Wrestling. Um, a very prominent promotion, Joshi promotion, that ran from 1968 to 2005. Uh, Inoue was a 10-time tag team champion. A three-time All-Pacific champion, which I think was a secondary kind of belt uh, a one-time iwa world women's champion and she even won the 1994 tag team league the best tournament with manami toyota uh so 
decent pedigree to team with Julia on her first day. Uh, show her the ropes. Show her how to basically do a match and things like that. We move into November because that's typically what follows October and still a lot of losing efforts. Uh, she was on the losing end of a three-on-two handicap match in which Julia was one of the three. She teamed with Asahi and Ibuki Hoshi in losing effort against Hamuko Hoshi and Tsukasa Fujimoto. A lot of big names in here. Um, Hamuko Hoshi at this point was a year either side of her two reigns as the Ice X Infinity Champion, which is Ice Ribbon's top belt. Um, Tsukasa Fujimoto... This is this is the big one. She is regarded as Ice Ribbon's ace. So if you are even mildly familiar with Japanese wrestling, you'll know uh, the ace is sort of like the top dog um, in terms of like in-ring competition. If you're a bit more less familiar with Japanese, imagine it's sort of like the Roman Reigns or like the previously the John Cena or the Rock or the Hogan in New Japan at the moment. For the longest time, it was... Uh, why can't I remember his name? Hiroshi Tanahashi. I don't know how I, I forgot that. Uh, nowadays, it's considered to be Kazuchika Okada. AEW, I guess, is Kenny Omega? I don't know. American, American promotions don't really do it. But yeah, it's a big thing in Japan. Um, and Tsukasa Fujimoda is is the top dog. Um, already by this point, a five-time i6 Infinity Champion. Um, she, as of the time I wrote the notes down, so most likely the time of recording as well, she was reigning with her seventh run with the championship, which is a record by some distance, if I remember correctly. Uh, she is a triple crown champion with Ice Ribbon, along with those Ice X Infinity Championships. She's a six-time international ribbon tag team champion and a two-time IW19 champion. And Asahi and Ibuki Hoshi... Uh, Julia's tag team partners were both like 14 when this match happened. So maybe I can give Julia some slack for losing. Um, but it is fucking wild that Japan... It's not just an ice ribbon thing. I've seen it with the first ever stardom show I ever watched, which was the Hanakamura... Oh, no. Uh, yeah, the Hanakamura Stroke We Are Stardom Again comeback show from COVID. Uh, and I was watching it. I was like, wow, that girl's really, really tall. And I googled it, and she's like five foot three. It's like, well, what? How fucking tall is the other girl? And the two other girls in the match were thirteen or fourteen, and like four foot one because they were only like thirteen or fourteen. And I think, yeah, that's it's pretty fucking wild. Tokyo Joshi do it as well. It's Japan is fucking nuts. Elsewhere in November, Julia would team with the then Ice X Infinity Champion and just general Ice Ribbon Hardener Risa Serra. Uh, who at this point was in her second round of the championship, as well as Maruku Nagasaki to lose to the team of Maika Ozaki, Nori Date, and Totoro Satsuki. Julia would lose to Satsuki once more in the first round of the Young Ice Tournament, though Satsuki would lose in the next round to the eventual winner, uh, Nori Date. So there's no, like, pack curse this time round, where everyone that beats pack goes on to win, or, like, the inverse curse. Um... Yeah, you just you just have about as much luck as anyone else. So there we go. December though, and things would still be you know the the winning column would be difficult to crack for Julia, at least in the early part. Um, in a variety of tag team and six person tag team matches, she would team with various future and former Ice X Infinity champions. Um, 
Miyako Matsumoto, Hamuki Hoshi, Makoto. Uh, for those in the know with Ice Ribbon, I'd say a veritable who's who of the company. Um, but finally, though, on the last day of 2017, Julia would register her first ever professional wrestling victory. Julia teamed with Karen Date and Totoro Satsuki to defeat Hanadate, Ibuki Hoshi, and Mammoth Ineko at Ice Ribbon, New Ice Ribbon, 858 Ribbon Mania. Um, it was an elimination match, and Julia was the first person to be eliminated from the entire matchup. But a win is a win. We're, we're in that dub column for uh, Julia, and it is, it is win number one of what's bound to be many, at least many. Um, and yeah, so that's the end of 2017. There's obviously not much to go on. She's had nine matches so far. It's hard to really do a, an analysis of nine matches, but I did anyways. 11.1% uh, win rate, one win, because that still counts. Eight losses, obviously no draws. Um, definitely learning from the best though, and learning a lot early on. Multiple uh, future and former i6 Infinity champions um, that she's sharing the ring with and partnering with she's already been in the ring with the company ace Tsukasa Fujimoto and so yeah she's building up a relatively decent wrestling pedigree uh, I'm not going to leave this as like part one of like a 10 minute episode we're going to go into 2018 and then leave it from there so uh, it's definitely a bit of a jump going from nine matches in her technically a debut year 2017 she's now about to participate in 106 different matches but also get the chance to explore life outside of ice ribbon uh she's going to go on to make appearances with reina pure j pro wrestling wave or wave because now that i think about it japanese do pronounce e's sometimes a little bit differently fact check me on that one um oz academy and a whole bunch more uh she'd also be invited to a produce show so my understanding of produce shows are they're like independent wrestling events who are well, which are uh, hosted, put together, and produced by various wrestling, oh, like Japanese wrestling figureheads. Uh, this particular one for 2018, uh, Julia would be invited by All Japan Pro Wrestling legend Toshiaki Kawada to take part in his Holy Wars produce shows in October. We'll go more about Kawada and what this means for Julia. When we get to October, we haven't even started 2018 yet, but we're going to do it now with January. Picking up another win, this time a bit more of a legit win. She's teaming up with Hamuko and Ibuki Hoshi to defeat Karen Date, Mio, Mio Momono and Tsukushi at Ice Ribbon 860. Opposite Julia is Tsukushi, another Ice Ribbon Triple Crown champion. And we're starting to see some singles action as well. Um, still losses, but you've got Risa Serra, who is now the former Isaac's Infinity Champion, but still very hard nut. Maya Yukihi, who is a future two-time Isaac's Infinity Champion, um, and both of whom at the time were reigning as the International Ribbon Tag Team Champions, obviously Ice Ribbon's tag division. So, okay, losing a single matches, but... She's losing singles matches to some pretty top dogs. So, you know, there's got to be a level of trust, I think, in the booking and promotion that they're going to say, you've, you've been here like 10 minutes. Um, go against our big guys or big gals. I'm not quite sure if women like being called guys. I don't know. I don't talk to them. 
Um, but you know, it's it's yeah, it's just, it's a thing that they f- it feels like they know what they've got with Julia, and they want to get the most out of that and get the best out of that. Uh, February time, more singles matches and more losses. Uh, losses to Miyako Matsumoto, uh, Sa- um, Siori Anue, Anu. I know I've got that wrong, um, but at the time she was reigning Pure J Princess of Pro Wrestling Champion, which is their top thing, and Matsuya Uno. Julia would then take part in the six women tag team tournament. Tournament? I don't know why I struggled with that. I uh, struck up a frenemy partnership sort of thing with international ribbon tag team champions uh, Maya Kihi and Risa Serra, who are known as the Azure Revolution. However, despite this like kindred spirit, let's all win because winning is fun, uh, they would get knocked out in the in the first round, uh, losing to the Frank sisters, Akane Fujita, Hiragi Kurumi, and Mochi Miyagi. What I did find, though, about this tournament is the second round would not take place until May for reasons I could not find. Um, but the Frank sisters did go on to win the whole thing. So that pack curse is back. And it means that there is honor and defeat for Julia and Azure Revolution. Heading into March, and Julia starts becoming much more of a regular fixture for Ice Ribbon. She has seven matches in this match, which is the most she's had in a single month uh, up to this point. Match times are steadily creeping up too. She went nearly 12 minutes versus Mayu Kihi and Tequila Seya. Went nearly 14 minutes against Azure Revolution in a non-title match. 10 minutes against Neodate and Totoro Satsuki, and 10 minutes versus Miki Iida at the first ever Ice Ribbon Pea Party. Um, it's not that. It's not what you're thinking if you've never really paid attention to Ice Ribbon before. It's definitely not that. It is a sub-brand of Ice Ribbon that focuses on uh, the company's rookies. It is uh, OVW. It is FCW. It's what NXT used to be. Um, I think it it's I thought for a while it meant like pajama party and it was like their like comedy show. Um, I was wrong and you were wrong for thinking of something else when I said the word pee party. Uh, no wins in March, but like I said, racking up the minutes. Uh, more ring t- ring time for her. More um, just presence and what's the word I'm trying to think of? It's not presence. It's just generally. I can't even think of the alternative word. Oh, why is my brain not of a thorth? I got my S's and T's wrong. She's just getting her name out there and she is becoming a very prominent member of the Ice Ribbon roster. Heading into April then, before I start hurting myself with trying to think of words I can't remember, uh, Julia had a lot of matches that breaks 10 minutes, including a series of three matches against Totoro Satsuki. Um, already faced Satsuki quite a few times. She's a fellow rookie. Um, alongside Julia, she remains a staple to Ice Ribbon to this day. And she's also appeared with Wave, Seedling, Oz Academy, and AWG. Uh, she would win all three times against Julia. It's not fun going 3-0 down, but Julia managed to do it. And yeah, all these performances so far, the double-digit number matches or time timed matches, um, the odd wins here and there, just a general good performances and can-do attitude that I'm sure Julia definitely had. She's worked in retail. She can handle anything. Um, It was enough to warrant a one-on-one match with the company ace Tsukasa Fujimoto. And like I said before, she's a big deal. 
At this point in her career, a five-time Ice Infinity Champion, six-time International Ribbon Tag Team Champion, two-time IW19 Champion, a former Reigner World Women's Champion, and a three-time DDT Iron Man Heavyweight, nope, Heavy Metal Champion. I knew I was going to fucking get that wrong. I'm so sad about myself. But Julia's getting in the ring with her. Julia's got her chance to shine. Julia could pull off the upset among upsets to really send past Japanese Joshi wrestling into just chaos. Um, that didn't happen. Julia lost in 39 seconds. Which isn't... It's not admirable. It's not admirable. Um, really wish I could find a, a match report. See, with cage match and just with like match reports in general, it doesn't really feel like people gave a proper shit about Joshi wrestling, um, at least in the West, until about two, maybe three years ago. So any reports and like match lineup that came out at the time would be all be in Japanese because it's obviously people in Japan who already liked Joshi wrestling. And then Stardom got quite big, and now there's a bunch of neckbeards online from the West who are like, "Wow, Joshi's great! I'm going to write up about everything," which is great for me because. A, as someone who is one of those next beers who really likes Joshi Wrestling now, I know who to root for and who not to root for. But also, now anytime I make series like this and in uh, Julia's later career, I can find things straight away. It's all there from people writing a report on Cage Match. Um, I can't do that here because no one um, wrote about Ice Ribbon at the time. Fucking yay. Anyway. To go back to Julia before I start rambling, Julia's month only just get, just gets worse. She ends the month with a loss to Karen Date. And we head into May, and somehow, I think because of that very strong 39-second performance against uh, Fujimoto, Julia is named captain in a Captain's Fall six-person tag team match. Now, Pac was in one of these as well, so you might remember that. If not, just to be explained, it basically just means that... Someone is named Captain. That person cannot get eliminated until the other members of the team are eliminated as well. Eliminated as well. And I believe that's what it was, actually. I'm starting to think about if it's just... Yeah, yeah, that's how it is. The other two partners have to get eliminated first, and then the Captain get eliminated. Or the Captain can get pinned straight away, and then that's a whole match over. I can't remember which. It might be both. Who knows? Um, I probably should have looked at that before I started. I looked at it at the time and thought, I'll definitely remember that. Turns out, fucking didn't. Um, either way, Julia is named captain for her team alongside Asahi and Abuki Hoshi, and they end up losing, remember, Asahi and Abuki Hoshi, two quite youngins, and they are opposite Akane Fujita, Kiri, and Mochi Miyagi. Uh, Miyagi is the, one of the big names in that whole contest, uh, a multiple-time tag team champion with Abuki, I put Moth, Abuki's Moth, probably meant the same other, Hamuko Hoshi, who we have seen earlier on um, the total combined age of julia's team bearing in mind there's three people is 55 um, that's an average age of less than 20 for each person i think by this point julia herself was like 20 um japan is wild in may we get round two electric boogaloo between julia and sukasa fujimoto let's not forget sukasa fujimoto the five time at this point Isaac's Infinity Champion, the six-time International Ribbon Tag Team Champion, a two-time IW19 Champion, a former Reigner World Women's Champion, and a three-time DDT Iron Man Heavy Metal Champion. I got it right this time. We lasted 
Six minutes, 46. Julie's still lost. But still, we're, we're creeping up there. She was allowed to go a second time. She wasn't ready. She was Santina Morella at the 20-something Royal Rumble. 2011? 2012? That was a while ago. I was wrestling at the time. So, you know, we're, we're getting there. Higher-ups at Ice Ribbon, they can see something in Julia. And you can, now it's obvious. But then, eh, sharp eye. Sharp eye. Despite the varying losses of the Disborn, we are going through a bit of a dull um, with Julia and the old wing column. We do finally get back there in May. Julia teams with Team Date, the combined forces of Hano Date and Neo Date, to defeat Asahi, Ibuki Hoshi, and Karen Date. Lots of Dates. Just, 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 just let it go. Um, very young teams either side, but either way, it's a win for Julia at New Ice Ribbon 884. Uh, we get back in the ring once again with Totoro Satsuki, this time as a tag team partner. Uh, Satsuki and Julia go to a losing effort, a non-title losing effort, against Azure Revolution, uh, Maya Yukihi, and Risa Serra. We then, like, you thought Fujimoto was a big pull. We get Julia versus the then Isex Infinity Champion, Hamuko Hoshi, in a one-on-one non-title match. Again, obviously, Julia doesn't go... Well, I don't want to say doesn't go over, but doesn't win. Um, but the fact that she's getting these matches again says that, hey, we've got this we've got this bundle of joy here called Julia, and she's pretty fucking rad. Um, you, you just wait. She's going to be really important for Joshi Wrestling, definitely for Ice Ribbon, and not for anyone else. We finish off the month with a 20-minute Iron Woman Six-way match, which sounds A, like a nightmare, or very messy, and B, very TNA, or very 2020 NXT. It is between Julia, Ops, uh, Maika Ozaki, Miyako Matsumoto, Mochi Miyagi, Tsukasa Fujimoto, and Tsukushi. Uh, there was no reports for how many pinfalls everyone got, because of course there fucking isn't, but Miyako Matsumoto came up trumps and with the win. And big for bloody Julia. Multiple former and future Isaac's Infinity Champions. And as well as that, Mochi Miyagi, an eight-year vet as well. So loads of experience to learn of. I think from memory, Julia, Ozaki, and Miyagi were the only ones who either hadn't or would not win Isaac's Infinity. And I think even then, Ozaki has been a tag team champion from trying to remember something ahead. So this was not a small match for our young Julia at this point. So Ice Ribbon really, really found a gem or were crafting a gem in her when she first started. So, oh boy, I can't wait to see what comes next because clearly I don't know. June! And a lot of big tag team partners once again. Uh, alongside Ryu Mizunami, who is a former International Ribbon Tag Team Champion. A regular at Wave, Gato Move, and Seedling. She's also recently appeared with AEW, including a very, very good match against Hikaru Shida for the AEW World Women's Championship at Revolution. Uh, alongside Mizunami, they faced uh, Matsuya Uno and Totoro Satsuki. 
then Julia teamed with Maya Yukihi, uh, who we mentioned before, one half of Azure Revolution, to face Kyuri and Miyako Matsumoto. And then Julia teamed with the company ace Tsukasa Fujimoto first to face Ibuki Hoshi and the then Isex Infinity Champion Hamuko Hoshi. They then teamed up again to face Kyuri and Maika Ozaki. And then teamed up again, again, again against Maya Yukihi and Tequila Seiya. This time for Big Japan Pro Wrestling um, in Hakatate, elsewhere in Japan. This was Julia's first match outside of Ice Ribbon. So, yeah, not only is she trusted by her own company, but they're also saying, hey, want you use this talent that we have. She needs more experience. She's also quite bloody good. You know, she's golden child at this point. She is the Shinsuke Nakamura of Ice Ribbon. I'm going to say it. I'm going to come out and say it. She is, she is Julia Nakamura now. That's her last name, definitely. Uh, she caps off the month with a one-on-one loss to Maiko Ozaki, uh, but that's not the point. July then, she keeps herself bloody busy. 12 matches. You thought the seven before was impressive. Bye, Jingo. 12 matches. Let's begin. Uh, on the first of July, she competed for Ice Ribbon and Oz Academy on the same day. In Sapporo, in Japan, OBS, uh, Julia teamed with Matsuo, Uno, and Tei Honma in a losing effort to Kiri, Maika Ozaki, and Totoro Satsuki, that going down for Ice Ribbon at Ice Ribbon 894. And for Oz Academy, it was in a one-on-one loss to Rina Yamashita for an Oz Academy event, obviously still in Sapporo. From there, there was a very brief series between Julia and Matsuya Uno. Uno would get the first fall at Ice Ribbon Pea Party number seven. Remember, not that kind of pea party. And would pretty much wrap up the series uh, a couple of days later as Uno teamed with Risa Sarah to defeat Julia, who was teaming with Maya Yukihi. Sarah and Yukihi, obviously tag team buddies as part of the Zero Revolution, who we've mentioned already, just decided to have a match against each other and Julia and Uno didn't have anything going on that day. So why the fuck not? Um... Julia did get a win in the series, so we make it 2-1 just to get a bit of credibility back, I guess. Um, she teamed up with Tequila Seiya to defeat Matsuya Uno, who was teaming with Tsukushi. But Julia does get the distinction of her match, uh, her win, I should say, um, teaming with Seiya to defeat Uno and Tsukushi, happened on TV or stream service, because I don't know how much TV rights Ice Ribbon actually have, but... Her one was recorded and was able to be seen by a broadcasted audience um, as part of Ice Ribbon 896 Summer Jumbo Ribbon. So I'd say that's worth like an extra two points. So, but that's just me. Uh, Julia did get another win in July, teaming up with Mayukihi again to defeat Asahi and Tequila Seiya. That happened at the uh, subsequent Ice Ribbon show, Ice Ribbon 897. Uh, that would eventually lead to Asahi and Julia having a one-on-one match again at the next Ice Ribbon show, 898 Yokohama Ribbon in Yokohama. And once again, a televised TV streaming event. Uh, it would go to a 10-minute time limit draw, which is a very prominent thing that a lot of Joshi promotions do, even more so than New Japan, actually. Um, it's a really good way of making both competitors look super strong 
and quite often it works it's very frustrating as like a westerner who's used to like decided finishes or whatever classes as a well basically if it's going to go to a fucky finish it's not time limit because you just left wanting more as opposed to a double dq or an interference or double count out which is just shit and you're angry but it's still there i guess it's hard to explain but yeah it's just something that joshi promotions like to do and often it's work it really works it really works my first stardom show a tag team match between two teams of queen's quest members that went to like a 20 minute tag team draw obviously and i thought that was a brilliant match and I would, that's probably why I still watch Stardom now, was because I was like, what, what happens next? I mean, they're on the same team, so they're like high fives and hugs and whatever it is people do. But, yeah, and if we're going to cram that much drama into a draw, why not stick around? Anyway, no one cares about me. Uh, on the 22nd of July, Julia would make her Pure J debut. Pure J, a Joshi promotion based out of Tokyo. Julia would face Kazuki. In a losing effort for uh, just a standard PJ show, uh, Kazuki, a veteran of Joshi Wrestling, appearing for JWP, uh, JD Star, which with which she was a multiple-time tag team champion um, for both JD Star and JWP. She'd appear with Diana and, of course, Pure J. Less than a week later, Julia would face off against Sukasa Fujimoto once again. This time in a lumberjack match, losing. In 15 minutes, 32 seconds, uh, Ice Ribbon 900 in Saitama. The day afterwards, Julia would make her debut for the promotion Reina. Reina, another Joshi promotion, this time emanating out of Hamacho, Chiba, Japan. Um, didn't quickly Google that when you were all paused. It was a co-promoted show with Nagoya Dream Girls, and it would see Julia team with Tequila Seya to defeat Asahi and Tsukushi. And then a couple of days later, again, she'd make another debut for another company, this time for Pro Wrestling Wave. Another Tokyo-based company, uh, Julia would team with Kakeru Sakaguchi, Miyu Momono, in a losing effort in a two out of three falls match against Hiro Nakama, Miyuki Takase, and Rin Kadakura. Uh, the match would go down two to one and go nearly 25 minutes. Um... Oh lord, that sounds like a really fun show. I did go looking for it, but I just couldn't find it because I imagine they've all got Japanese spellings of the name, like in the katakana, and I don't know what their names are in Japanese. So, yeah, I'm disappointed that I couldn't find that. It's happening for the Wave Summer Fiesta event. Uh, Young OO Summer Kushien OO. Uh, another televised uh, performance or stream service. Uh, Julia would be... The losing fall. Uh, it was tied at one apiece. And then Julie would be the one who get pinned to make it 2-1 to the opposite side. Sad face. But it's a stonk of a match for you know, nearly 25 minutes. A six-person match. And you, she's in there with, again, more prominent people. Miyuki Takase is a future active res girls. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. AWG world champion. Uh, Rin Karakura. Probably more familiar with like Western audiences. She appeared in the AEW Women's World Title Eliminator Tournament thing. Uh, she lost to Aja Kong in round one. She's also a future and former Wave Tag Team Champion as well. So, honor and defeat. Um, 
And yeah, a match that I think would have been really cool and I really wish I could have find. Into August then, and Julia and Ozaki would go through the rigor quite a bit throughout July, Maiko Ozaki, that is. Um, they were first tag team partners. They defeated Mochi Miyagi and Totoro Satsuki at P-Party number nine, or P's party number nine. Um, they would then defeat Miyako Matsumoto and Totoro Satsuki again at Ice Ribbon 901 in the Ice Ribbon Dojo in Saitama. And then there would be foes. So Julie would team up with Tequila Se in a losing effort to Maika Ozaki and Kiri, this going down at Ice Ribbon 904. Julie would then pick up even more tag team victories um, throughout the rest of the month of August. She would team with Makoto and Rina Yamashita to defeat Aoi Kazuki, Asahi, and Tatsuro Satsuki at new Ice Ribbon number 906. Uh, the Hamuka Hoshi, Miyako, Matsumoto, and Tsukasa Fujimoto 10th anniversary show in Yokohama. Uh, Kazuki, former Isaac Zafinia champion, three-time international ribbon tag team champion as well. Junior would see off the month with an appearance for Act Rest Girls, which is, might actually be my least favorite promotion name of all time. Yeah, would appear for the AWG show Just Summer Dream. Julie would team with Miku Ono in a losing effort to Himeka Arita and Sari Onu. Anu? There's like a letter difference between them. Um, ono, Julia's partner, a common face in AWG and Ice Ribbon. Onu, the opposition one, uh, a future AWG champion and a former Princess of Pro Wrestling champion in Pure J. Arita, now known as the Jumbo Princess. No, legit. She's like five foot four and not very big but whatever she's known as a jumbo princess also mononymously as himeka in stardom uh jumping across in 2020 where she is now a member of donna del mondo alongside our fair julia more on that to come in a couple of years time in september and we start off with a win which is always nice but this time a win over former two-time ice x infinity champion Risa Sarah, a tag team competition, but a win is a win. Uh, Julia teams up with Karandate to defeat Asahi and Risa Sarah at Ice Ribbon 907. A quasi rematch sort of thing would end up going in favor of Sarah. She teamed up with her regular tag team partner, Maya Yukihi, to defeat Julia and Matsuya Uno. And later that same night, some friendly competition for as a revolution as Julia teamed with Maya Yukihi as Risa Sarah teamed with Tsukushi two teams going to another 10 minute draw for Ice Ribbon Odakake Wrestling in Keokaku event at the Tokyo over Keokaku in Tokyo um, that probably has some significance but I don't know what the Keokaku is or what Odakake means that's fun uh, what's not fun is the fact that because their last match went to a draw, their third meeting, um, their their entire series is unresolved. Um, it goes to 1-1, which probably gets sorted out later, but I can't remember what happened, so now I'm sad. We'll just ignore everything that happened before, where Risa Sarek just kept beating up Julia. Ignore that part. Later on in September, Julia makes a return to Pure J in a losing effort to Yako Fujikasaki for Pure J Chase the Chance Volume 3 in Tokyo. 
Fujikasaki, a former Princess of Pro Wrestling Champion. And once again, this is Pure J's top belt. Julie would then take part in a weird gauntlet match at Ice Ribbon 911. 911. Never forget. Um, it was the Aoi Kazuki gauntlet match where Aoi Kazuki would face Julia, Hamuka Hoshi, Ibuki Hoshi, Karandate, Kiri, Miyako Matsumoto, Mochi Miyagi, Neo Date, Tequila Seya, Totoro Satsuki, Tsukasa Fujimoto, and Tsukushi. These gauntlet matches aren't uncommon. They happen a lot for such a weird concept. Um, it's basically, you. I don't know if it's like a random drawing or what, but one by one, all these competitors come out, usually like the fill of the roster, and they'll go for one minute against whoever is the subject of the gauntlet. Um, and you, one of you can pin the other. Um, and yeah, you can get beaten less than a minute or you can beat the person who's just gone through like 12 other gauntlet matches in less than a minute. I'm not quite sure which makes you look worse. Julia, though, being a sixth person out, did survive her minute. Uh, she didn't defeat Kiziki at all but you know it's it's not a loss it's not like Kiri or Miyako Matsumoto who did lose in their minute so that's a win in my book and in fact in fact I just read across my notes in fact in September we saw Julia pick up her first singles victory it's against a teenager Oh, a veritable child in Asahi, but at Ice Ribbon, new Ice Ribbon number 910, so the prior to the weird gauntlet match, at Yokohama Ribbon 2018 fall TV shows, that's televised or streamed, in Yokohama, Kanagawa, Japan, Julia defeated Asahi in 12 minutes 59. My ears are just popped because they're so excited, and... She only went and bloody did it again, didn't she? This time for Pure J as Julia at Chase the Chance Volume 4 in Itabashi Green Hall in Tokyo defeated Mari Manji in 12 minutes 36. So, you know, like Asahi, these aren't, these aren't slouches. These are genuine contenders for like top brass at some point. Asahi, about 15 or 16 at the time, made her professional wrestling debut about two months before Julia made hers back in October. So what, what would that mean about August 2017? Just over a year's worth of wrestling. Manji, uh, she made her debut in April of 2017. She then didn't wrestle again until February of 2018. Um, but these, these are still wins and they still count. Julia is on the board for singles victories in her professional wrestling career. That's pretty rad. And we get to go into October. We're now about a year. Well, we are in a year into Julia's personal wrestling career. We've got wins as a tag team. We've got wins as a singles competitor. We're in the ring with former world champions. We're going to other promotions. Things are pretty swell for Julia right now in her rookie year as a professional competitor. We're basically, not only are we the female Shinsuke Nakamura, but we're now pretty much the Joshi Kurt Angle. Um, so that's pretty cool. 
October opened with a very interesting opportunity. I said this at the start of the show. She was invited by Toshiaki Kawada to take part in one of his Holy War produce shows. As I said before, produce shows usually a leading person in Japanese wrestling just puts on an independent show. Some of his mates, some up-and-coming talent, they just have a doozy. And then quite often they'll have a match themselves um, where they're like, look at me, I was once great. And Kawada is pretty great. He's one of the legends of Japanese wrestling. He wrestled a bunch of classics alongside and against the likes of Mitsuharu Misawa, Jun Akiyama, and Kenta Kobashi in AJPW. With AJPW, he is a 12-time tag team champion, a 5-time Triple Crown Heavyweight Champion, which, if you don't aware, that is their top title, a 2-time Champion Carnival winner, which is one of their major tournaments, and a 3-time winner of the World's Strongest Tag Team Determination League. Again, one of their major competitions. Um, he's also appeared with New Japan, Hustle, Noah, and Zero One, where he did also reign as a Zero One World Heavyweight Champion. So yeah, he's pretty noteworthy if he's suddenly picking up the phone and saying, Yardite, you fancy a spa. Um, it's it, one of my shows with one of my names with my name on it. Um, it's gonna be a blinder, you fancy it, and you're like, yee. I'm pretty sure that's how Japanese people talk. It was at uh, the Toshiwaki Produce. Have I got it written down somewhere? Nope, because it was a long, ridiculous title. It is at the Toshiwaki. Why do I keep calling Toshiwaki? It is at the Toshiaki Kawada Holy Holy War Produce Shows. They have long, complicated titles. Uh, where Julie would face Command Bolshoi. Uh, a Joshi vet of 16 years is Bolshoi, a mainstay with. JWP Joshi Pururesu. I butchered that. Uh, Intense closure in 2017 before heading to Pure J. She's also appeared with Pro Wrestling Eve, Sendai Girls, Russell Vaughn, Reina, Oz Academy, and of course, Ice Ribbon. Uh, across the years, she's been an uh, ISEX Infinity Champion, an 11 time tag team champion with JWP, as well as a two time openweight champion, also with JWP, which is their top title, or was their top title. Uh, unsurprisingly, Julia did not win. This is one of the, the legends of the sport, if you will. Um, but again, the fact that she's being talked to by Kawada, getting in the ring with Bolshoi, big things, etc, etc. A week later, Julie was making her Oz Academy debut against Aja Kong, again, in a losing effort. Kong, probably one of the most like notable Joshi names in the West. She had like brief spills with uh, WWE in 1995, most recently AEW in 2019. She was at their pay-per-view debut, Double or Nothing, and she was in there for 2021 for the Women's Championship Eliminator Tournament thing, making it through to the semi-finals. She's been a champion in DDT, Hustle, JWP, Joshi Pururesu. She's been a top champion in Oz Academy, Sendai Girls, Gaia Japan, Diana, and All Japan Women's Pro Wrestling, where she basically became... She, that's where she made her name. She has, that's where she got famous. She's known for having, if I remember correctly, she's known for having a very stiff style, which is very uncomfortable to watch and quite terrifying. Um, but she made it work, and you can't fuck with that. Can't fuck with that? Or she'd fucking kill you, I imagine. Julie would get another rare win in October, teaming up with Makoto and Tequila Saya to defeat Matsuya Uno, Miyake Matsumoto, and Tai Honma. This is going down at Ice Ribbon 913 October Ice Ribbon Fest. Again, TV show means televised or streamed. 
She would return to Reina in a losing effort to Risa Serra at the Reina event Tobu Friend Hall in Tokyo. Battled Tsukasa Fujimoto once again, who is now the reigning and the f- not defending, but you know, just reigning Isaac's Affinity Champion. Um, Fujimoto would team with Akili Saya. Julia would team with Maya Yukihi, the former champion. Um, losing effort for Julia, but once again, getting in the ring with former and current now Isaac's Infinity Champions, uh, the Ace, etc., etc. That went down. I almost, I almost glazed over this. Going down at the Ice Ribbing Wink Friendship Festival. I wrote that down because I just thought that was a really fun place to go. She entered in the Ice X Infinity Championship Number One Contendership Tournament. Uh, she would lose in the first round to Miyako Matsumoto, who did not go on to win the whole thing. So no honor and defeat for this particular tournament. Uh, the inverse pack curse still not really holding up all that well. November saw Julie get a yeah, fairly decent number of wins, teaming up with, first of all, Haragi, Kurumi, and Risa Sarah to defeat Asahi, Tsukasa, Fujimoto, remember her, and Tsukushi, also remember her, um, in a six-person tag team match for New Ice Ribbon 918, Osaka Ribbon 2018-3, televised. Uh, we talked about a lot of the names in this match already. I think the only one that went without was Hiragi Kurumi. Kurumi, a Ice Ribbon Triple Crown winner who had reigned with the Ice X Infinity Champion earlier that year. Julia teamed with Sei to defeat Momoko Hanazono and Risa Serra at a Reina event in Tokyo. And she would share various wins and losses with Tequila Saya and then in a losing effort against Tequila Saya or multiple losing efforts against Tequila Saya. This was planted the seeds for Julia's first major feud um, against Saya. More of that will come to fruition tail end of this year, struck the start of next year, which we'll get to, but they're currently just not quite sure how they feel about each other. They're like, yeah, we, I've, I've seen you across the other side of the ring, sometimes in my corner, sometimes you're not, but I see you. I see you. But again, cross that bridge when we get there. Elsewhere, Julia teams with Mystique in a losing effort to Tequila Saya and Malinya at Fukumen Mania 41. That's Julia's Fukumen uh, wrestling debut. Uh, Malinya and Mystica Luchadoras from CMLL. That was a lot of like flamboyant way I spoke there. I like that. Uh, Julia then lost to Mochi Miyagi at the Zero One slash Super Fireworks Hiroshima Heavy Rain Damage Recovery Charity Pro Wrestling Everyman Stand Up event. Tenka Ichi Junior Tournament 2018 in Hiroshima Marina Hop in Hiroshima, Japan. Oh my god, that's a long-ass title for an event. It was all for raising money for Hiroshima in the aftermath of the June-July 2018 Japan floods. Um, a lot of the country in that particular area especially were severely damaged by heavy rains and heavy flooding. Hiroshima by far was the worst affected, whereas a lot of places had like single-digit deaths and maybe double digit injuries Hiroshima was hit by 113 deaths um, which obviously national tragedy this helped to raise a lot of money to get services communities and people back on their feet and back to uh, some kind of normalcy so if in doubt count pro wrestling to be the good guys sometimes Julia would then team up with Hamuko Hoshi in a losing effort to Tsukasa Fujimoto and Tsukushi 
This was for the Ray Memorial Produce event, Viva Ray Again, streamed and televised. A tribute show to the recently departed Hong Kong wrestler Ray, who passed away in August of 2018. She was trained by Emu Sakura, and with Sakura, Ray would win the Ice Ribbon International Tag Team Championship in 2011. She was a major adversary against WWE's Asuka, who was obviously then known as Kana, from 2008 to 2014 across just so many promotions. I started losing count when I looked into it a bit more. Uh, she was unfortunately diagnosed with a brain tumor and the various like domino effect illnesses um, took her life, like I said, in August 2018. A very sad event for Joshi Wrestling. From what I've read, she was incredibly popular. Um, again, early opponent for Kana, now we know as Asuka. And so, yeah, massive, massive shame. But again, very few good memorial show. Um, I imagine raised money for her surviving family as well. So, unfortunately, these things happen and you, you just got to keep going, I guess. Uh, we'll move on to December. We'll try and get back on the light side of things. And we're going to start with Julia's first major feud. So, yeah, like I said, partway through November, her and Tequila Sire started just... Having a quite a few matches alongside and against each other. They were sharing wins and losses. And it became just very apparent that there, there was there was some business between the two ladies. And so Ice Ribbon brought in male professional wrestlers Shinya Aoki and Hideki Suzuki to act as mentors for the girls. So, for the girls, for the women, fucking incel. And learn from them and to be able to like put that back into their matches to create something a little bit more hard hitting uh to go through the people assigned to him julia got shinya aoki oki aoki i mispronouncing aoki is a mma fighter and a professional wrestler he is signed to one championship where he was a two-time light heavyweight champion and known to be a bit merciless which is the very polite way of saying he can be a bit of a dick. Um, he has, on multiple times, snapped an opponent's arm whilst showing pretty much no remorse. Um, oftentimes, following up by just flipping off the bird. A lot different to Uriah Hall, who, you know, he was in that fight with Chris Weldman very recently. Weldman went for a, a kick. Uriah checked it. Weldman's leg snapped a lot and Hall was very very courteous in and very respectful in his opponent's fall Aoki didn't do that he like I said can be a bit of a dick but I don't want to say it too loudly because he can actually probably kill me not probably definitely kill me and he wouldn't blink twice uh, in terms of professional wrestling he also signed to DDT earlier in 2018 where he would later hold the extreme division championship twice plus the KOD eight-man tag team championship and the Ironman Heavy Metal Weight Championship as well. Saya got Hideki Suzuki. Uh, he made his name with the Enoki Genome Federation in well, from 2008 to 2014, winning the second Enoki Genome Tournament in 2013. He's also a former 0-1 Russell 1 and BJW World Champion, and he's also somehow won the Ice Ribbon Triangle Ribbon Championship, which... It's kind of weird. 
Nowadays, he's a coach at the WWPC, so... Pretty wild. Julia and Saya were trade wins in tag team matches throughout the month, uh, going 2-2 into New Year's Eve 2018. Um, at which point, the ladies would tag alongside their male coaches in a tag team match at the end of the year for Ice Ribbon, New Ice Ribbon 930, Ribbon Mania in Kurokun Hall in Tokyo. Julia and Shinya Aoki would defeat Hideki Suzuki and Takeda Saya to put the series between them. Julia 3, Saya 2. Woohoo, woohoo, Julia's won her first proper feud. There was one singles match between the two, uh, with Saya defeating Julia at Ice Ribbon 927, and there was a triple threat match um, in there as well, which is called like Clouds Things, but um, the extra body in the match was Miyaka Matsumoto, who went on to win anyways. So it's it's a bit cloudy, but overall, a 3-2 victory in favour of Miss Julia. Uh, following the match, Julia and Saya sort of had like newfound respect between each other and decided to make amends and decided to become best friends and form a tag team. And that would manifest more in January, which we will get to. Uh, elsewhere in December, there was a singles match to be had and a singles match victory at that as Julia defeated Rina Shingaki at Ice Ribbon's Peace Party 18 in the dojo in Saitama. So that is Julia's 2018 in a little bit more than a nutshell. Uh, first full year in the build, 106 matches overall, a career record even to this day, which a lot of that is to do with either changing companies or a global pandemic. We'll get to them. Next couple of weeks we'll get to them. But there's a lot that's about to happen. 106 matches overall. 21 victories. 81 losses and 4 draws. Making a win percentage of 19.8%. Um, it's a rookie year. Okay. We're, we're going to have a lot of losses in our rookie year. Remember. Kurt Angle Energy. That's what we're going with. Um, she did have a lot of big dick matches across the year. She was against Risa Serra, uh, Maya Yukihi, Tsukasa, Fujimoto, Aja Kong, Command Bolshoi, Tsukushi, Hamuko, Hoshi, and her future Donna Del Mondo stablemate Himeka. Um, she also partnered with the likes of Ryo Mizunami and Takako Inoue as well. She competed with Reina, Pure J, Oz Academy, Wave, BJW. She invited to take part in the Toshiaki Kawada Produce Holy War Volume 3 show. And the Ray Memorial produced Viva Ray Show as well. And she was also finally named Ice Ribbon's new face. Or won the new face award. The equivalent of basically winning Rookie of the Year. So that is part one in this series all about Julia. Next week, covering 2019. And then the week after that, 2020. And I was just going to put 2020 and 2021 all in one show. But there's a sizable amount that's already happened for Julia in 2021. So that's going to be its own one on its own. Probably a lot shorter than what they used to, but it's going to happen either way because I'm in charge. Um, thank you very much for listening so far. Please do check out my series on Pack. It is available right now wherever you get your podcast, and do stick around for the next few weeks while we look at Julia, not like that, um, and her career as a professional wrestler going from Ice Ribbon becoming one of the, the hottest rookies 
on their roster to then going into stardom and becoming one of the hottest things in general on that roster. Um, let me know how it's going from a listener point of view. If I'm doing shit, if I'm doing well, if I'm doing so mediocre, you're not quite sure why you're still listening. Just give me human contact because I've got to isolate until Wednesday because the track and trace system is balked. Um, but regardless, have yourselves a lovely week or weekend or evening or whenever you listen to this. You might be, it might be three years from now and I've made a successful career for myself and you're looking back at old content because people do that. It's slightly strange. Um, either way, thank you very much for listening. I will see you next week. Um, bye.